You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Greetings once again from Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up for April 22nd. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us again today is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Uh, wild things going on in the market, most of them positive, but, uh, you know, the bank, the bankers haven't, uh, haven't left the scene yet, but uh, that's probably likely going to happen in my mind. Yeah, a lot of positive developments on that end, and we've certainly seen some positive developments in silver this week. It's been lagging gold most of the year, while gold's been making a series of higher highs versus 2015. Silver just now is finally starting to make some higher highs. What do you think? Well, I think, uh, you know, when you look at the uh, COMEX position in silver, and you've done that many times, um, I, I think the short position is like 963 uh, million ounces, which is uh, over a year's production and way out of line with any other commodity in the world. And, of course, uh, some of these uh, people who own the contracts as for delivery, there's very little silver. I think the total silver inventory is something like 130 or 150 million ounces. Um, we could have a, a crash of the uh, commodity exchange because they just keep loading up the short positions, and of course they're just paper shorts, and um, if somebody starts making demands, uh, this thing could get explosive, and silver's looking looking very explosive. We saw a huge move yesterday, which got thwart, thwarted somewhat, and I think silver might have cha- ended unchanged or very small lies. Uh, we have a, a, lots of good action in silver today. It's up uh, about uh, 1.5%, while gold's down uh, about a quarter of 1%. So we have this gold-silver ratio uh, moving down and looking like it's in a, in a huge downtrend here. I've always believed that having a ratio of 80 to 1 is ridiculous when the production ratios are 11 to 1. Uh, and you look at demand for silver, and you look at silver coin demand, people are almost buying as many dollars of silver coins as they're buying dollars of, uh, of gold. Well, that can't carry on when... The supply is uh, is at eleven to one. So uh, I think the, the stackers are have been uh, very active. Um, the growth of silver and ETFs has been very good. Uh, the interest in commodities has risen, and there is more and more analysts uh, see the reasons why gold and silver should go up. And just reading an article, because our RBC World Bank in, in Toronto that suggested with a negative rate of 0.5%, gold should be at, I think the number was 1350 and a negative rate of 1%, the gold price should be something like 1568 some number like that. And, of course, we do have negative real interest rates today because inflation has picked up a little here. So I think between the, sort of the fallacy of the central bank policies and negative interest rates, um, inflation uh, picking up here, that uh, more and more people realize that... Uh, Silver and gold are, are the places they should be in. So now we have this monumental battle between people buying gold and the bank, the banks, central banks taking the opposite position in the COMEX. And we're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to win that battle. It certainly is. <clears throat> Excuse me. You mentioned taking delivery out of the COMEX. And a lot of folks, that always comes up. People say, well, how come some big investor doesn't come along and take delivery out of the COMEX and break it? And it, it has to do with position limits primarily. I mean, is, have, how is, is there ever going to be a time when 
I mean, would it, it would just take kind of a mass movement of folks all at the same time working independently. Uh, is there, do you ever foresee a time where that could happen? Well, it certainly could happen. And for example, Steve San Angelo was talking about the amount of silver being consumed and or purchased in China. Well, they're buying more silver than they produce in their own country, and therefore it's got to be imported. We've seen other times when India imports huge amounts of silver. I think, for example, last year they imported something like 8,500 tons, which represented something like 25% of all the silver produced in the world going to China, that's sort to India. And three years ago, they only imported 2,000 tons, so the demand has gone crazy. Uh, Chinese demand has, has gone up. Uh, demand for coins is going up, as you know, uh, through all the mints in the world. So it may not happen specifically on the COMEX in the sense that there's always demand for silver all around the COMEX. And um, ultimately, somebody who can't get supply might try buying a COMEX contract and say, well, let's just see if yep. we can get some silver from COMEX here. So. Uh, yeah, it could happen. It could happen, not necessarily because of a bunch of speculators ganging up on the bankers, but just the overwhelming tsunami of, uh, of silver demand in the world. Right, right. <clears throat> you mentioned something else, Eric, that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, commodities in general are rallying. We, uh, the chart of copper looks pretty promising. Uh, crude oil, things like that. And there was speculation. I hadn't really thought of this before. Speculation yesterday on Zero Hedge. That, you know, we've seen the central banks intervene in the Forex markets. We've seen for years, we've seen central banks intervene in the bond market. That's what quantitative easing is. We all speculate the central banks are intervening in the equity markets. What about this idea that what's driving commodities this year is central banks intervening in commodities in a desperate attempt to get a little cost push inflation going? I've read that article. And, of course, what the trader was saying is, is, I just don't understand where these commodities are going up when I look at the fundamentals. That was his basic uh, thesis. And, therefore, his conclusion was, well, it must be some outside influence. And I've always believed that um, central banks, governments, have a hand in trying to price things to perfection. Of course, to perfection typically means cheap uh, so that inflation is low. Uh, now, with this new thesis uh, by central banks that we want inflation of 2%, it's entirely possible that uh, they've had a hand in this. So uh, it's a theory that, that one could believe um, because they're so desperate to, have, to suggest that things are picking up. Mm-hmm. And, of course, inflation is a sign of things picking up. And if they can force that sign to suggest it, then maybe people will sort of buy into... You know, we're, we're hitting the uh, the breakout point of the economy. Of course, we're not seeing any signs of that in the economy, but uh, most of what we have to listen to all day is uh, sort of spin as to what's happening. And it's always optimistic, but the numbers rarely confirm it. Um, so now, now in this situation you're discussing, uh, we're trying to make the numbers confirm it by having these prices go up. So I think there's uh, lots of reason to believe that might be happening. Well, and if that spills over into, obviously, all commodities, that spills over into uh, silver, even more so than gold. You know, the miners have been going like crazy this year. The, a lot of individual shares have doubled and tripled in the last 100 days. The, the HUI index has more than doubled. 
A lot of folks out there wondering if the train has left the station, Eric, if if it's too late uh, at this point. Do you have any thoughts on that? Sure. Well, Craig, uh, what I'd suggest is uh, I'm not, I don't remember exactly what the top on the Yui index was, but I think it was something like 650. It's at 208 today, which implies that if uh, gold and silver could uh, start a recovery here, that there's potentially 200% upside if we want to go to previous highs. Uh, I've been very, personally, very active in buying gold and silver situations in the last, really, the last 12 months and and very active in the last six months. I think the stocks have been totally oversold here, but I think the profitability, even at these lousy prices, is going to be quite exciting uh, because most of the companies have begun to contain their costs and fixed up their balance sheets. Uh, so I think it's a very, very promising area, and uh, I've been a big supporter of stocks here, and uh, I think it's going to be very, very exciting in this area as the year progresses. Another big development this week, Eric, was the uh, introduction of the yuan-denominated uh, gold fix out of Shanghai. First time in 97 years there's a competing alternative to the London fixing process. What do you think of that, Eric? And, and it, it, I guess my main question for you is, it, at what point, what type of price spread between Shanghai and London would we start to see some physical arbitrage take place and drain the gold out of London even faster? Yeah. Well, I've been trying to monitor what's going on in this new Shanghai Gold Exchange. Uh, I actually haven't checked the price this morning, the fixes that they had. Um, uh but uh, the fact that we have a physical-only exchange is incredibly positive. As you know, the Chinese have been huge buyers of gold. I think the Shanghai exchange will uh, ultimately determine the price of gold, and I think that the, the arbitrage uh, will be very, very small. The cost of delivering gold is not large. I mean, a gold bar is a very, very small item relative to its value. Uh, so shipping it... Is, is not expensive, so I, I got to believe that the the difference between Shanghai gold price and the LBMA will, will be something certainly under one percent. So if the Chinese uh, are buying gold, I think it will be reflected in um, in LBA and, and COMEX prices very very readily. It's a very exciting development. Well, I tell you, Eric. Lastly, next week's going to be a big uh, week for economic news and a big week for corporate earnings. We've got the FOMC meeting again next week, and they'll put out their statement on Wednesday. We've got the first guesstimate of U.S. GDP next Thursday, and a big, long string of corporate earnings, and I know you're following those as well. you have any thoughts about what's coming up next week? Well, we've had a lot of uh, bad earnings this week. I mean, we had Microsoft and Google uh, not meeting their estimates. Caterpillar had a lot, another lousy quarter. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Visa, apparently, that disappointed the street. Uh, this all happened uh, last night. We have had lots of really weak, weak numbers. Uh, I think the S&P earnings are going to be down over 10% in the quarter. That would be my guess. This is, of course, while the S&P is you know, trying to hit new highs here. Mm-hmm. So I, I never believed that the earnings growth was sustainable. Um, most of the big companies are having difficulty here. And so I kind of look forward to earnings season in the sense that it will tell us that there's no economic recovery and that that uh, stocks are very risky assets, uh, that the market will 
finally react to these earnings and if the market starts going down, of course, it will just drive people to uh, physical assets like gold and silver. I think that would be the best thing that could ever happen to uh, uh, to uh, to the gold and silver markets and that people realize that stocks are not the place to be. And I've always believed that they are not the place to be because uh, there's no earnings momentum. We're, we're losing we have, we have we've had negative earnings last year, negative earnings this first quarter. I'm sure the outlooks won't be so uh, so aggressive uh, for the future quarters here. So I think people should be very cautious on stocks. And of course, I've always believed that uh, gold and silver have been suppressed here. Uh, we know about the Deutsche Bank admitting to manipulating silver and gold. I'd love to see the details of that and and the fallout that may happen from it. Um, so I think the stage is set for lots of interesting things to happen in the precious metals markets. Well, I look forward to visiting with you again next week, Eric, and seeing what next week holds for us. We've had a pretty good run of luck so far here in 2016. Hopefully it'll continue. Well, Craig, I think the most important thing is that, you know, your comment about the gold stocks being up 100%. I mean, this is a huge, huge bull market. There's hardly any discussion of it. And I always find it interesting that, uh, you know, as a portfolio manager, uh, you have the computers always tell you what's working and what's not working. And uh, these uh, portfolio managers are seeing gold stocks in the top of the list for the, the last three months. And the computers are telling the guys to buy, but their analysts aren't. And sooner or later, the the portfolio manager is going to say to the analysts, are we missing something here? And they're going to step into it. And that will be uh, quite the day when the money really starts flowing into uh into this very, very small market. So I think it could be very exciting going forward. Yep, I think you're right. <clears throat> Eric, thank you again for joining us this morning. I hope you have a great weekend. Okay, Greg, my pleasure and uh, all the best to you. And from everyone here at Sprott Money News, thank you for listening. We'll visit with you again next week. <laughs> 